Hello, welcome everyone. I'm Bruce. I'm Greg. And I'm Casey. Together, we will dive into the mysterious world of the hit TV show, Supernatural. Join us as we follow Sam and Dean on some crazy adventures, as we break down episode by episode and have some fun along the way. Today's episode, Season 2, Episode 15, Tall Tales, premiered on February 15th, 2007, directed by Bradford May and written by John Scheiben. We are Natural, Natural, Natural Friends. 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 We've got our pal Greg, we've got our guy Bruce, we've got their other friend who's pretty cool. We're gonna spend some time with Sam and Dean, we're gonna kill some monsters and break down a scene. Supernatural Friends. Supernatural Friends. Remember, spoilers ahead. I have a poll. What do you got, Bruce? What you got? The boys from Supernatural Season 2 get together for an old-fashioned game of Mario Kart. Who wins? I had Sam, Dean, and Bobby. Um, Dean won at 50% of the vote. It's pretty good. Sam got 31. Nobody thinks Bobby's a good uh, Mario Kart player at 19. I would pick Bobby. I would have picked Sam. I just don't know why people think Dean's that great at Mario Maybe Kart. Maybe because he's a great, like, real-life driver. Ah. This week on Supernatural, Sam and Dean are at each other's throats while dealing with multiple bizarre urban legends on a college campus. They bring in my boy Bobby, who lets them know they're dealing with a trickster. They kill the trickster and call it a day, but the trickster is a trickster, so he's not dead. So this episode takes us to a little town of Springfield, Ohio, where we're going to hang out at the local Springfield University. So we start off with a professor there, uh, Professor Cox. He's walking to his office in the middle of the night for some reason and uh, finds um, a young woman outside who was there waiting for him. She was not dressed for that weather. I saw (laughs) snow on the ground. Yeah, and he was definitely bundled up, too. So that should have been his first clue that something was off. Um, But they head up to his office under the pretense that she is one of his students. And they get up there and she reveals she's not one of his students. And he understands because he's somewhat of a celebrity around there. (laughs) What a douche. But it turns out that uh, Professor Cox should probably have a conversation with her old pal Gavin because they now have something in common. Um, they both have kissed a ghost. That was yucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, when uh, she transformed into the dead thing. I'm not really sure what we we're supposed to think that was. That's really cool. Uh, some makeup there because um, it was just different. And I was like, I don't know what's happening, but it's weird. Yeah. Even the transition, it didn't, it looked really good. I was surprised that it didn't look bad 13 years later. Professor Cox sees that her face transformed and gets a little freaked out. And then we see our janitor uh, walking out of the building. And as he was coming down the stairs, did you guys just think at all? Maybe like, hey, that's the guy from the agency. Hey, that's the guy from the IBM commercials. Hey, who is that? That's right, it's our weekly segment where we take a look at some of the guest stars featured on this week's episode of Supernatural. So first up, we have our tricky trickster here, uh, played by Richard Speet Jr. 
Hey, who is that? I love this guy. You may have seen him on Matlock, ER, Independence Day, JAG, Band of Brothers, The Agency, Jericho, Justified, Longmire, or maybe even CSI. He's been in a ton of stuff, and he's great in all of it. And next up, we have our annoyed frat pledge, who doesn't even get a name, played by Neil Grayston. Hey, who is that? You might recognize Neil from Smallville, Wonderfalls, The Dead Zone, a show mentioned in the segment a lot, Eureka, Psych, Daredevil, or most recently in The Magicians. Another show mentioned a lot in the segment. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time on... Hey, who is that? So, mild spoilers that you are not going to be surprised by is we're going to see this guy again, Bruce. Um, He lived at the end, so I'm sure you're not shocked. Yep. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let me change my prediction. (laughs) Oh. Bruce, what you saw when he was alive still at the end, right? I literally have never seeing the trickster again <laughs> written down. <laughs> Anyways, Greg, go ahead. <laughs> I don't even know how to continue now. Uh, no, so I saw the janitor. I did not remember that the trickster came so early in Supernatural that I saw the janitor and I said, did he have a small part before he was the trickster? <laughs> <laughs> that was dumb and i felt dumb but i was so excited when did you start picking up on it either the the alien scene or one one of the things that happened with the brothers where they were fighting and i realized like oh wait that's not them that's the trickster yeah and while all our tricksters walking down the stairs um our professor uh falls out of his window and cracks his head open on the stairs behind him i feel like in this moment i should have uh, at least been tipped off because he really acted very strange to the fact that there was just a body laying there. Maybe a little more panic would have made sense. <laughs> so we skip ahead to one week later at the King's Lair Hotel. We're catching up with Sam and Dean, and uh, we find out that the laptop is missing. Something's wrong with the Impala. There's pizza and p- empty pizza boxes and Chinese cartons everywhere. But then there's a knock at the door. And who is it but our old pal, Bobby? Two episodes in a row. Bobby. I love it. Um, The boys decided it was time to call him for some help because they have never seen anything like this before. Um, Up until this point, I was a little bit confused where, like, I thought I'm, this happens to me all the time, and I don't know why it happens so often. At this point, I should be uh, ready for it. I missed the one week later part, and I was just like, scrambling to see if i missed an episode <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> so bobby asks them the boys to tell him everything and so we start at the beginning um the boys are pretending to be reporters for a local paper talking to some students and uh they find out that um, there's rumors of this place being haunted from a woman who killed herself 30 years ago after having an affair with a professor she jumped out of room 669 do you guys get it because if you flip the if you flip the nine, <laughs> you flip the nine upside down. Dumb. Yeah, <laughs> not great. 
I thought this was a neat approach to, um, I don't know, finding out about this, um, going to like the local bar. I know we've done it in the past, but this one was cool because I was like, oh, like you have a bunch of college kids who are, you know, a few drinks in and just kind of want to spill their guts out. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, now is that like a, a murder joke or a uh, Yeah, that joke? was trying to... <laughs> It's definitely a murder joke. Okay. Um, I, I I don't remember us doing that. And I feel like in the past, we would have gone to a professor or something. Yeah, we didn't have the professor of exposition this episode, which is surprising. So after Sam gets his information from these students, he looks for Dean in the bar and finds him taking three shots and flirting with someone named Starla. And um, he's taking shots of purple nurples. You guys ever heard of purple nurples? I mean, in like elementary school. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the drink purple nurple? I thought I did, but I'm not sure if it's just made up. Um, I actually have it here. The So the official season two companion has, I guess, what we can call the official supernatural purple nurple recipe. Um, if you guys would like to hear it. Yes. So we got um, a quarter ounce blue curacao liquor, a quarter ounce of vodka, a quarter ounce of apple schnapps, a quarter ounce of sour mix, and a quarter ounce of grenadine. So you're going to pour all those ingredients into a cocktail shaker with ice, shake, and then strain into a shot glass. Enjoy. I'm not saying we shouldn't make that for the drunk episode. Bruce, I was going <laughs> to say the same thing. We have officially what we're drinking, and I couldn't be more excited. Just strictly purple nerfs. Yes. <laughs> That's it. So during the scene, it seems like Dean's being know, a little off. And uh, it's because Dean actually has a different version of what happened here. That's right. We have an unreliable narrator episode. Yay. Fantastic. So fun. I was going to say I really like this style of unreliable narrator where it's like, that's not how it went and they fixed the narration and, and what you see. But I can't think of a single example other than this episode of Supernatural. I've definitely seen it in something else. But yeah, like I cannot remember another example either. Do you guys have any favorite examples of unreliable narrator stories? The only one that comes to mind is The Usual Suspects. It's a good one. That's a fun one. Fight Club is a good one. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we transition to Dean's version of what happened in the bar where, uh, he's talking to this woman and he's all like, please, lives are at stake. And she says, I can't even concentrate. <laughs> and so they start making out <laughs> and Sam walks up. Dean, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> I love their portrayal of when the other one is making the uh, story, <laughs> it's, it's specifically Sam. It is just fantastic. It's so funny. We don't have time for any of your blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Did they switch out the actresses? Yes. As well? Yeah, okay. It was a completely different person. So Bobby describes this conflict between Sam and Dean as them bickering like a married couple. And I just like Dean's retort. That the only difference is they can't get a divorce. <laughs> I think there's other differences. 
now that you mention it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but like also they just don't have to be together. They don't. They don't need a divorce to <laughs> no. separate. It's so much fun to watch them just be brothers though. Mm-hmm. And it's just it it this whole episode is just them just being brothers and it's it's great because it's like it's like yeah they're annoying each other but that's just their relationship and it's fantastic. So then they tell Bobby about whenever they went to actually go check out the um, supposedly haunted building and they meet up with the trickster for the first time. who has been working there for six years and they end up in the professor's office. Sam is describing this uh, piece of the story and describes Dean as just <laughs> stuffing his mouth full of caramels. Is there a CGI draw in the scene? It looked off. <laughs> and I, I think he just stuffed his mouth that much. Yeah, it was impressive. He has such a defined jaw that when it was like expanded, I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> His mouth got so big. I don't even remember what they talked about. I just I was watching Dean's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they really found anything important there. Um, the biggest thing being that in this ghost story, this woman jumped from room six six nine, which would be on the sixth floor, and this hall only has four floors. So something's wrong with this story. Um, most likely that it's. Not true at all. And they also found nothing on the EMF. No signs of ghost activity at all. They get back to the hotel room and Sam's decides to do some research, try to look into the history a little bit more, and finds out that his computer is frozen on bustyasianbeauties.com. So, gentlemen, I have a great dedication to this show. If you go to bustyasianbeauties.com, it redirects you. Actually, it doesn't redirect you anymore, but it's owned by the WB. Yeah, it used to, redu- I- used to redirect you to the uh, Supernatural website. Yeah, it was just Warner Brothers. However, if you mess it up, it's the spelling. <laughs> <laughs> you get one of those pop-up ads to say you have a virus. <laughs> B-E-A-U-T-I-E-S. See, I put Y-S. Don't do that. <laughs> I have to pay some guy to fix my computer now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So then we transition to Curtis, the boy from the bar, um, walking around on campus, just kind of smiling to himself, which was weird. Um, But he's hearing some noises, starts to run away, and then there's a light that shines down on him, and he gets abducted by aliens? Bruce, what are you thinking at this point? So, drugs. I was thinking drugs. Uh, Okay. (laughs) That he was hallucinating or something. But the more this went on, I just, it just got more ridiculous. <laughs> and then what about when they had the physical evidence with the circle? Did you think it was aliens? I did not because we were at this point. I was sure that that demon zombie ghost lady um, was our villain our, our, of right. the of the week. And I was like, okay, so this is out of like left field or whatever. And I just did not know where we we're going and it did not disappoint from there on. So the boys talked to Curtis about his story and what happened. And um, Curtis describes his experience and um, that he got probed. So sad. Uh, do you guys know what probing is? I mean, vaguely. <laughs> I can guess. Are there specifics okay. we're supposed to know? No, about? I just like there's a word missing, and I just want to make sure you know what. Oh uh, yeah, other... no, we know. What okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all seen South Park. Um... <laughs> um, I just love Sam's face whenever he was listening to this. 
Was he just like weirded out or like? No, he was laughing. And but then like he would like look at Dean and laugh and then t- turn back towards Curtis and try to make a serious face. <laughs> it's so good. Especially because, yeah, because he's not even believing it anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, but that is something that they point out when they talk about Betty and Barney and any person claiming to be abducted by an alien. It's not an easy life afterwards. Like, there's no, you know, doing it for attention or whatever is not, it's not making their lives easy, especially claiming to be probed. I don't believe in alien abduction, but I also do believe these people believe in alien abduction. Not just making things up. And then we get the final reveal that, um, the aliens made Curtis slow dance with them. I I had no idea what was happening at this point. I just... <laughs> it was so good. It's pure comedy and anal probing kind of like is hit or miss as far as like, oh, it's kind of funny, I guess. But then like when it gets to aliens slow dancing and like a silhouetted shot of the two slow dancing, it's just really hammering at home. Like, Hey guys, this is funny. We're <laughs> we're pulling your leg here. Come along for the ride. It was great. Had the exact same thought here of like, this is clear. Like this is clearly the point where we know we're supposed to be laughing this episode and not taking too much too seriously, which is a great relief after the past couple episodes we've had that have been very serious. Murder me. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, it's been a. Uh, like kind of a tonal whiplash between episodes, but I think a much needed tonal whiplash. So it was, it was very refreshing. I actually kind of <laughs> I wish when it's going to come up again in more detail later, but when Dean thinks Sam messed with his car, I wish he had a line about like, I really will kill you <laughs> about like his, his promise. To do I'll do it. Um, so the boys go back to the school to investigate where Curtis was abducted and see the hole burned into the grass so they decide that they need to go talk to one of the guys he lived with this frat pledge and in the middle of talking to him um, you discover that Dean is the one narrating whenever Sam becomes very emotional refers to him (laughs) as you brave little soldier I acknowledge your pain and you're too precious for this world so beautiful this scene and i like the slow progression of it where at first you're just like sam that's kind of like a weird thing to say right now but then you catch on to what's actually happening so Mm. well done i loved it at this point because i finally realized like this show is so self-aware at this point Mm -hmm. like it's like you're like okay well well kind (laughs) of so the pledge describes uh Tells the boys that um, Curtis had it coming. Um, he was a pledge master and he put the pledges through hell this year. So we get a connection between our two victims that um, they were both dicks. You got anything else? Nope. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> so they head back to the hotel and Sam finds that his laptop is now missing and blames Dean for it. It was funny and it needed to happen, but this was kind of weird a little bit. As far as like jumping down his throat about it in general, 
both of them were kind of weird about this. But I guess we were supposed to believe that, oh, it's a prank because of the beginning, maybe. Yeah. Um, And Dean, like, is definitely being kind of a dick <laughs> in this episode. Yeah, he's not helping himself. Yeah, no, so it's kind of believable. Um, I could see why Sam's getting upset. but um, And Sam complains that he's, like, getting sick of living with Dean in these hotels and describes um, Dean leaving his dirty socks in the sink. What is that? Why would you do that? Hear me out. Oh, no. <laughs> all right, all right. How much money do they think they have to spend on laundry? Right. And Did you Corey see did. Sam's money clip? <laughs> they have plenty. <laughs> no, you know, you come home from a long day of hunting and you take off your boots and your socks are just soaked, right? We all have that, right? You just wet socks and you put and them, you them in, the, in sink. the sink. Right. So then they tell Bobby the story of the next victim who, again, they didn't see only heard about um it was a researcher who was involved in some animal testing who gets distracted by a shiny object in a storm drain um hey it was a nice watch well did you guys also have trouble telling that it was a watch until that Mm -hmm. last camera angle of it yes he initially said something along the lines of like he's a animal researcher right and that's why he's like a terrible person because he experiments on them or something And I was like, did he see an animal down there? So (laughs) when he was reaching his hands, I thought he was trying to get like a frog or something weird. Nope. Trying to get in a watch. And uh, he gets eaten by a sewer gator. (laughs) So cool. I love it. This is the perfect way of, you know, the, the, the basis for this show is urban legends. And these are like some ridiculous urban legends that we've all heard that they could not have seriously put in the show and they still managed to find a way to do so. <laughs> I think my favorite part is like we get the initial setup of a believable ghost story that we would expect to see in an episode mm-hmm. and then we just go wild from there. <laughs> <laughs> so the boys split up to search the sewer uh looking for the sewer gator just in case and um <laughs> Dean comes out of it after lifting the 200 pound manhole cover to find the Impala with flat tires and Sam's money clip on the ground next to it. Yeah, how much how much money do you think that was? That was a lot. Of- Hundreds of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't figure out why Sam or Dean was so mad about the air being let out of his tires on the Impala. And he describes, he pretty much describes it as indrivable at the beginning of the episode. Um, (laughs) So I I like that he specifically mentions that it's going to ruin the rims whenever he's Mm -hmm. yelling at Sam. But it's also still an overreaction. Oh, absolutely. They're both overreacting. Describing it as indrivable. Yeah. A little (laughs) over the top. Because initially I thought... Like he slashed the tires or something like that, but just let the air out. Just let him out. <laughs> so, like, I don't know if that's something to, or is that something I should worry about in my future? <laughs> but it turns out that Bobby thinks that both of the boys are being stupid um, because he knows exactly what it is. And they would too, if they pulled their heads out of their asses. I'm surprised at you too. <laughs> my favorite line is straight turning to dad for a second. <laughs> my boy, Bobby, he's been around the block. He's great. He knows what's up. He didn't. He didn't have to reference anything. He just heard the story and said, "Well, this is obvious." Uh huh. 
good. It's all those books he has. Um, so Bobby reveals for the boys that what they're dealing with is in fact a in fact a trickster. Examples of tricksters being Loki and Anansi, which you guys may have heard of before. I've heard of Loki before. He's the green brother. So, Bruce, as Greg said before, spoilers, um, this is not our last time seeing the trickster. Uh, so I thought it would be fun. Because of course it's not. <laughs> Sorry. <go on. laughs> I thought it would be fun to just uh, take a look at a single trickster for this episode. So first, let me let me just like tell you about tricksters. A trickster is at this point pretty much just a a character archetype. They're seen in all kinds of mythology and stories. Um, so there's not really like a singular origin point for them. But a way that a trickster is described is as a um, it's a term used for a non-performing trick maker. Um, they may have many motives behind their intention, but those motives are not in public view largely. They are internal to the character or person, and they usually exhibit a great degree of intellect or secret knowledge, and they use it to play tricks or otherwise disobey normal rules and defy conventional behavior. So today, because he was mentioned in the episode, um, we're going to take a look at one of our good pals, Loki, the trickster from Norse mythology. Are you guys familiar with the story of the fortification of Asgard? No. So there's this story in Norse mythology about the fortification of Asgard where this giant shows up to Asgard and says that he can build them a wall and he could do it in three seasons, but he would demand some pretty high compensation for it. In return, he would need the sun, the moon, and the goddess Freya who would marry him. Freya was completely against it, but Loki suggested that that they should do it on the terms that he completes this wall with aid from no one except for his horse. After they thought about it, Loki convinced them and everyone was on board. They were going to go ahead with this plan. They allowed the giant to start building this wall, and it turns out everything's going great. His horse is amazing, and this horse is actually doing more work than the giant is himself. About three days before the end of winter, the third season, it's looking like this wall is going to be completed and they're going to have to give the giant all the stuff that they promised him. Well, everyone gets mad at Loki because Loki convinced um, the gods that this was the right choice. So he's like, OK, I'm going to get us out of this. I'm going to turn into a horse and distract this guy's horse so that he can't finish this wall. Distract? Um, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Loki turns into a horse and lures his other horse into the woods and this giant realizes that without his horse he's not going to be able to finish it the gods decide that okay you can't do it so uh thanks for all your help um thor's gonna kill you with his hammer now <laughs> is that did they do it yeah um oh. so they killed the giant and um loki ended up uh being impregnated by this horse <laughs> and gave birth to an eight-legged horse who would be named Slepnir and became the steed of Odin. Interesting. Did they build the wall? Yeah, so the um <laughs> the giant had it um completed to the point where like they just had to finish some stones around the gate and the rest mm. of it was finished. <laughs> so thanks to Loki, they got a wall for the price of nothing except murder. <laughs> 
And they got a horse out of it. <laughs> and they got a horse out of it. Right. They got a horse and a wall. I can't imagine how how Norse mythology was filtered throughout time to where these are the stories that stuck. Like what other <laughs> insane stories were out there that they said, no, that's obviously nonsense. The boys are able to quickly put together that the only person who was probably close to all these events happening at the school was uh, the weird janitor. So they go back to investigate and find multiple copies of the weekly world news inside of his locker, showing that he was getting his inspiration from the covers of the weekly world news. I liked this uh, play on it because we got into this weird, um, this weird, uh, I don't know, not box, but he was able to do anything, literally anything at that point. Um, but having that magazine was able to kind of dial it down and be like, oh, it's coming from this book. Mm-hmm. So this is the second time the Weekly World News has been featured on Supernatural. And uh, this time actually led to like a little marketing campaign um, where Supernatural was actually featured in the February 19th, 2007 edition of the Weekly World News. And it actually, um, it's an article about the case that happens in this episode. So like Sam and Deed are interviewed in this article and they talk about hunting monsters (laughs) and um, finding out about this trickster and everything. And we actually get a little bit more insight into the trickster than we got in the episode. Um, So at the end of the episode, we see the trickster quote unquote killed with this giant stake that... um, Looks like it has blood on the end of it. Yeah. So in the article, it says that um, a trickster can only be killed by a stake that has been dipped in their victim's blood. Oh, that's neat. Because I I was wondering what that was. I thought maybe it was just wet or something. I I couldn't figure out why the stake looked funny. We talked about this mechanic before, but um, this episode adds a little piece of lore to tricksters in that they have a sweet tooth as our way to identify a trickster without any like physical elements to them. And then later in the episode, we see him just chomping on some candy while trying to kill Dean. (laughs) Sam is of the opinion that they don't have enough evidence to be convinced that this guy is actually a trickster. So he's going to go do something, which I'm not really sure of, but Dean's going to stay behind and just wait outside until Sam's get Sam gets back. But Dean decides that he can't wait any longer and he heads inside and just pulls the most gigantic stake out of his jacket pocket. <laughs> that pocket again. I haven't we haven't talked about that for a while. The thing is huge. There's no way he has space for that and the journal in there. I, I don't doubt it. And his gun. He's got it all. So while Dean's walking around looking for the trickster, uh, he starts to hear some music. He uh, follows the music and finds two women in a bed. In a classroom just waiting for him. He knows it's not real, but uh, trust them. <laughs> it's going to feel real. Just played on uh, cable television, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I would have turned down this offer just because the trickster was there. <laughs> like, He's just sitting no, in the seat you. beside him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason, huh? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you have a to-do list and... Killing the trickster could just go lower on your to-do list. The trickster is there 
watching um, because this is his peace offering to Dean to um, just kind of leave him alone. He knows what they're doing. He's a fan. And uh, he just wants to be left alone to do his thing, head on to the next town and mess with some people. He's dealt with others like them before. Like, do you guys think this is like a Highlander thing where they're like, there were hunters back in like, you know, <laughs> the Revolutionary War? Samuel Colt was like Civil War and afterwards, right? So is that back that far at least? That would be a fun spinoff, hunting throughout the ages. And then it's revealed that uh, the boys have tricked the trickster and that their fight outside earlier was but a fake. And Sam and Bobby both show up with their own giant ass stakes. <laughs> I think they're all carrying them in their pocket. And then they kill him. During the scuffle, uh, I believe uh, Sam gets thrown into some type of uh, something wooden thing. I don't even know what it was. Uh, like a divider. I think he got thrown into the chalkboard, didn't he? Probably. All three of them got thrown around a lot. Um, and I was pretty disappointed in Bobby at one point because the trickster summons this, uh, chainsaw killer and yeah. Bobby tries to block the chainsaw with the wooden stake. <laughs> I was, I was pretty disappointed there. This is our first time seeing Bobby in combat too. And that was his, his first move. Yeah. I also had that same thought, but last episode he did get the upper hand on Meg at the end. So I think Bobby's like one and one right now. But at the end of the scuffle, uh, Dean ends up, I think, getting a piece of Bobby's sod in half stake and stabbing the trickster in the chest with it. This is a weird kill, huh? Yeah, because it didn't die. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like he was just bent over for a very long time, I feel like. And then the trickster was just standing there and then he just got stabbed. Yeah, which does come off as kind of weird and like feels too easy. Which it makes the reveal of it just not even being real all the better. Sam and Dean and Bobby decide the best course of action for them now is to just run away um, before someone finds this dead body. <laughs> and uh, Sam decides that this is the time to um, try to apologize to Dean. And Dean's on the same page. And uh, Bobby says, uh, you guys are breaking my heart. Could we please just leave? <laughs> This was a nice moment. It was. Unspoken brotherly bond. But yeah, then the trickster's still alive. Which you sound (laughs) upset about. (laughs) I'm not upset. It was a cool ending. Are you surprised? Did you think he actually died? I thought he did. I actually thought that they got the wrong guy or something like that (laughs) when you saw the janitor walking. I thought there was like another janitor or... They are fighting the wrong thing or something weird Where's like that. a twin? <laughs> Reviews? Reviews. Reviews. All right, boys. I feel like Bruce is going to disagree with me here, but I give this episode 10 cool. hundred threesomes out of 10. <laughs> I love the trickster. I love tricksters in general. I love Loki and Marvel and whatever other forms of tricksters I've seen in in media. And I love funny episodes of Supernatural. And I think this is like the first truly comedic episode we've had where 
we've had gags, we've had the prank war, but we we haven't had like the entire episode be comedic and humorous. And for me, it's a certain type of episode of Supernatural that this is the first of, and it just hit that spot for me, and it's great, and I love it. Um, they also do a good job of not doing it too often that the show just becomes a parody of itself. So it's just like literally comedic relief every once in a while. Like you said, Casey, we the past few episodes have been pretty heavy and then all of a sudden we have this. It had absolutely nothing plot-wise. This episode could be pulled from the archives and you wouldn't notice anything other than if and when the trickster definitely comes back, you'll notice like, Hey, where'd he come from? But otherwise this has nothing to do with the plot. They don't even mention demons and Sam and psychics or whatever. Um, it's a really fun episode to just, if you wanted to just sit down and watch an episode of supernatural, it's a fun one to, to go to. So I give it 10 conjured threesomes out of 10. I do not disagree with you, <laughs> but I don't agree with you. Um, I give it an 8 out of 10 um, tricky tricksters. I enjoyed it for the same reasons you did, Greg. I loved the lighthearted story. Um, I definitely belly laughed a couple during the times during this. Anytime they can get me to do that, I, I just love it. My only complaint and it's been, you know, sort of a running thing throughout, you know, this podcast. Um, I love a story centered um, episode. Um, so did this need a whole lot? No. But if it was referenced or something, just to let us know that we're continuing on the story, I think would have upped my love of the episode just a little bit. Um, but yeah, eight out of ten tricky tricksters. Uh, I'm going to go closer to Greg here. Um, nine and a half tricky tricksters out of ten. Um, this episode's just fantastic. Um, everything you guys said is pretty on point. Um, and I love watching Jared and Jensen just get to act like brothers as Sam and Dean. Um, I think it, this was probably our most comedic episode we've seen from Sam, which was really cool getting to see him shine a little bit. And I think Bobby is a great straight man against kind of the more ridiculous character elements we've come to see from Sam and Dean. And it was really fun to see them kind of play on those more self-aware moments of knowing the show that they've created now and just making fun of it a little bit. So that was all really cool. And I really enjoyed it. Nine and a half tricky tricksters out of 10. Next week on Supernatural, we're watching season two, episode 16, Roadkill. While driving down a deserted road, Sam and Dean are startled when a bloody woman runs in front of the Impala, screaming for help. I'm going to predict that car accidents are going to be involved in this. So she was in a car accident or um, she was hit by a car or um, she was thrown by a car. Something along those lines um, is the reason she's all bloody. Never seeing the trickster again is my prediction. <laughs> now stick with it. Not bitter or anything. <laughs> I. I just don't understand where you come up with like did you do the same thing with like 
John All Winchester. <laughs> like, why? I think in my head, this especially this episode was felt like such a throwaway um, episode, not a throwaway filler episode. Yeah, uh, that I was like, there's no reason to have you know anything from this episode to continue. <laughs> Dang. But the, the I like the idea of the trickster continuing to be a thing, though. That, Do you? <laughs> it, it sounds like a lot of fun. Maybe the trickster is going to be a good guy in the end. Yeah, that's it. He's going to be redeemed and help them. For any questions, comments, or smart remarks, send them to naturalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at naturalfriendpodcast and Twitter at natfriendspod. Thank you to our fans and our wives for continued support. If you enjoyed this, drop us a review and subscribe. Thank you for joining us. We are Natural Natural Friends. Friends. I'm just saying it would be easier to fake the moon landing than it would be to go there, right? All I'm saying is that I'm here standing in a field and the sun goes overhead and I see no evidence that this earth is round. (laughs) JFK was accidentally killed by the Secret Service agent behind him. (laughs) Paul McCartney's dead. Have you ever seen Sergeant Pepper's arm? (laughs) Hey guys, how do you get red wine out of the carpet?